I'm going to see the mistakes, but I'm only going to probably touch on maybe 50% of them <laughs> at most. The other 50% are for the player to figure out for himself. Yeah. And so until he works through those mistakes on his own, he's never actually going to learn from them. If the other 50% are always covered by the parent, then how many decisions does the player ever have to make or problems that he has to solve or difficulties that he has to work through, mistakes that he has to manage? Zero. So when does he learn? Never. He doesn't learn. I do want to ask you one thing. You don't have to answer this, though. It's the funniest thing you've heard a parent yell on the sideline. <laughs> or like, already, not, 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 no, take that You back. already know what no, I'm going to say. No, I know, not the funniest thing, but I right, do this. What's, like, the <laughs> the wildest thing you heard a parent say on the sideline? It doesn't have to be from, like, like your team parents saying it, but, like, just oh, another team, like. <laughs> You're taking my mind in a different direction now. Can I say the funniest thing? <laughs> yeah. All right, so my uh, U12s back in the day. I guess they weren't U12s at the time. Whatever age they were. You know, teaching them how to keep possession, right? We lose the ball, and I just hear a parent from our sideline just go, Converge! (laughs) Oh, baby. (laughs) Baby. (laughs) I love it. And, like, the thing with that as well is it's, like, that ain't even something bad to yell out. Like, I'm not <laughs> mad at that. <laughs> it kind of makes sense if you think about it. I ain't mad at that. Just not a word I've used to describe <laughs> no, no, that. No, no, no. This, to describe that defensive oh, action man, before. Dude. No, but we are actually live. This is Footy Pod. 30. Feels weird to say that. Yeah. Hit a new digit, man. It's a new digit. New digit. <laughs> we were working real hard for that digit. Yeah, we kind of we kind of did a couple of fun episodes recently to get ourselves to those new digits, and uh, we got through it. It was good. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Champions yeah. League. You know, we're gonna we're gonna be back for more yeah, because we like watching the game and we like sharing our thoughts about the game with you. But this podcast is meant to tell the truth, and that's what we want to do here. Nothing but the truth. Nothing but the truth. Before we tell any truth today, I'd like to give a quick shout-out Soccer Innovations. The ball's kind of slippery, so I can't really palm it too good, but shout-out. They give us a lot of um, great exposure and great equipment, mm-hmm. so we appreciate them for that. Also, a happy early birthday to our co-host, Mila. Ah, the co-co-host. Co-co-host, Mila. She's Mila, come chair. here. Hey, girl. You want to come sit? Okay, you're going to go over there. She's turning 10 tomorrow. I know most of y'all don't are surprised by that. You're probably thinking, wow, she's so youthful and energetic. And you're right, she is. She's also a beautiful little dog. Mm-hmm. Big dog. You want to sit right here? Come on. Come on. I think she's shy. Come on. It's your birthday. You got to come sit down. There's room for you. Join us. Come on. Come on. You can do it. Come on. <laughs> Come on. There you there go. There we go. All right. Right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. There you there go. There we go. Okay. Mila, it's actually good that you're here because you're a parent or were at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mila had babies when she was a year and a half years old. 
which is pretty young to have babies. Mm-hmm. It was unintended. Um, but she had some pretty healthy puppies and was a great mother to them. There you go. She has that motherly instinct. Oh, you can see it. Yeah, for sure. It's important to note because this episode is about parenting. <laughs> it is about parenting. We don't, neither you or I have kids, but, you know, we coach kids for, for a living. It's something that we love to do. It's something that we take a lot of pride in doing. Absolutely. She's definitely got the most parenting experience of the three of us on this show, but we do have plenty of experience observing parenting mm-hmm. in the field that we are in. So this episode is just to kind of talk about that, parenting with confidence. What can you do as a parent to give your kids the best opportunity to succeed? Mm-hmm. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Um, I'm going to talk about a few of my experiences. Evan will share some of his experiences. Of course, these experiences are ultimately about specific situations. Yeah. But we're not here to expose anybody, make anybody mm-hmm. look bad or feel bad. So don't take this the wrong way. This is just to shed light on knowledge and information that we have on our side of things as coaches and have a conversation that I think that a lot of parents don't have the opportunity to really hear. Yeah. And I'm also going to share some stories about my mom that I'll be calling her out on, so don't hate me. Mom, if you're watching, don't hate me. Love you, Mama Bozeman. Love you, Mama Bozeman. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Yep. And I think there are three main things that kind of sum this whole episode up. Two things that you shouldn't be doing mm-hmm. as a parent. Um, and obviously everything that we're talking about here is specific to the sport of soccer, which, you know, other sports, culture, things may be different. Yeah. But we're speaking soccer specifically. Yeah. Specifically from a standpoint of coaching and actually, you know, being there to help a player or a child succeed in that sport that they are choosing to play at a young age, choosing to fall in love with, choosing to spend a lot of their time in, choosing to, you know, obviously spend a lot of their parents' hard-earned money in. So, I mean, it's something that we don't just, like, witness from afar, it's something that we witness that directly affects the environment that we're trying to work in. 100%. It does. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. You know, it's not, it is about the kid mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And that's really what this episode is about. Mm-hmm. But there is also the aspect of like our work environment, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. this is where we work, this is our business. Mm-hmm. And so, we want to make sure that we are working in a healthy environment. And there is part of that to it as well. But, of course, the priority is the player because that's what we do it for Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And it's about creating the right environment for them to grow and succeed. So, you know, I did write a blog on this recently. This was blog number 18 titled Parenting with Confidence. And if you did read it, um, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I don't know how many people are. Well, I do know, actually. We have analytics on that, so I do check. And also, if you don't, we post them, you know. Every Tuesday doesn't take any more than a minute of your time to go and look at. 
just go and give it a like. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just something you can kind of start your day with. It might not directly correlate with what's going on in your life, but you can always find uh, things to help out from stuff. So, and, and I also, think do a good job at them. The more you have, the more you can take from later on. So even if you're not going through that experience, you might later on. And it's important to kind of just try to learn from other people. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're doing here. We're just trying to share, and you can take what you want from it. But this blog that I wrote, if you want to go back and look at it, it's on our website, foodiefactory.us. Let me just read it for you. No, that'll take too long. We're just going to talk about it. Yeah, that'll work. We'll link the blog. We'll link it. So, at the end of the day, like I said before, there are two things that I think are things, as a parent, you just shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. Two main things. Of course, you can break those down even further, and there are a lot of, I guess, things that you just shouldn't do that fall in those two categories. But the main ones are, shouldn't be coaching your kid, and you shouldn't be the direct point of contact with your coach. And I'm speaking at higher levels here. Of yeah. course, when we're at U8, U10, U12, yeah. the parent needs to be the main point of contact. Mm-hmm. But once they get a little bit older, it's really, really important that these players start to understand how to have those conversations with their coaches on their own. Because at the end of the day, they're the one that needs the information. Mm-hmm. Because they're the ones that are performing on the field so you don't need to be the middleman between them you need to let them kind of take on ownership of their own careers we're going to talk about both of those things and then we will talk about one thing at the end that really should be the only thing you are doing yeah so coaching Mm -hmm. from parents this one is really funny to me because you know, and you hear coaches talk about this a lot, right? Like it's the one profession where you're getting paid to perform a service mm-hmm. and the client that is paying you for that service tries to come in and tell you how to do your job, yeah. right? It's mm-hmm. the only job where that really is the case. Yeah, it's not like you go to Subway and get a sandwich and you jump behind the thing and Make their sandwich for them. To put the stuff, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's something that coaches talk about a lot. And it's very true, you know. Um, of course, parents are very invested into their kids. And, you know, I think there is kind of a, I would say, a belief on the parent side a lot of times that they are kind of a partner or an investor into their children's athletic soccer development, right? Yeah, for sure. And that's fair. You're paying for everything Yeah, a lot of times, and especially in this culture. Like, and it is totally. your kid who you are raising. It so is your kid. Yeah. That is your blood. You mm-hmm. produce that child, right? And you are paying for everything that they're doing. So mm-hmm. it is totally reasonable to have that belief. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. We'll just call it that. Um, but on the other side of things, 
who is the expert that you're paying to do that job, right? Mm. So it's like, what, do you, what, what are you looking for from that person? Are you bringing someone in to support you or are you there to support them? Mm -hmm. And who is it for? Is it for you or is it for the player? Because if it is for the player, then at the end of the day, that should be the focus. Mm -hmm. It's not about the parent. And a lot of times when parents invest that much into their kid, it's for the right reasons. But it tends to become more about them than their child's development. Yeah. And that's where I think that a lot of times you see the parents that like to coach a lot on the sidelines, that like to give instruction, that like to tell you know their players what to do mm -hmm. when they're in a training or a game environment. And that's tough for me because, you know, what are what are they what are they there for? You know, are you putting them in an environment where they're supposed to be learning and if you feel like they are learning and developing then by you getting in the mix of that mm -hmm. you're blocking that learning and development there's there's so many things that <clears throat> i think parents are saying to players they don't really understand what it is they're saying and it's just crazy. You know, you think about top professional players in the world, mm -hmm. world-class players. There's a picture that goes around a lot of Messi and Suarez. It's an amazing picture. Just sitting there, two of the greatest players of all time, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Ever. Mm -hmm. Are just sitting there, watching their kids play a game, sitting in their lawn chairs, soaking in the sun, Shorts rolled up, <laughs> flip-flops kicked off. Such a funny picture. Shades on, drinking their Yerba Mate. Yeah, yeah. And just enjoying the moment mm -hmm. and letting their kids' coaches coach, letting yeah. them do the job that they're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Two of the greatest players in the world. Yeah. And obviously, and, I mean, if they have things they probably say they don't agree with or if there's other things they might want their kid to do, and they know that that's not the place to share, to share those it. thoughts. Yeah. Exactly. It's just crazy to me. It's 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 actually kind of funny. It's like if these two players are able to just sit back mm -hmm. and be a parent yeah. in that in that situation, then why can't little Johnny's mom and dad? Yeah. You know, we have little Johnny who's under 12 and his parents are yelling at him coaching on the sidelines. When, and they think that they, they can do that, you know, just because they played, I don't know, high-level baseball or something. Yeah. It's like, it's not even the same thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And I am sitting there as the coach, right? This is a metaphorical situation. But I'm sitting there as a coach trying to do my job, and I have someone else that's basically being a counterproductive force in this whole equation yeah it's like everything that i'm trying to get this player to do which is to learn how to make decisions for themselves to play the game for themselves is now being controlled by the parent yeah and so often you see players that are hesitant that you know have maybe all the tools necessary to like be successful 
and and play at a high level. All the technical ability, you know, fit, like strong, mm-hmm. like have the athleticism. You'd think, why is this player not a top player? Well, a lot of times it's what's going on up here, you yeah. know? And, and sometimes, like, the players are always thinking about what the parent is thinking about instead of thinking about what they should be thinking about in the moment to be present, to, to, to be able to adapt to situations, to be proactive to things that happen and anticipate situations that are happening rather than always just being reactive and yeah. always being a step behind. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, even like a lot of the players that we coach, I know you've come across this where you will have a mom – or a dad that did play soccer at a high level, or it's a mom or dad who actually does coach as a profession, but they end up bringing their child to play for our team or for us to do the personal training because they don't work well with their parent. They're like, they don't train well because it's a mom or a dad. And it's nothing that has to do with the dad or the mom's skill level at coaching. It's just, that's just a tough thing to do sometimes. And so they'll bring them to you and then, they're completely free under you. They work hard under you. They listen under you. And anytime that happens, it's another funny thing, actually, is like I feel like a lot of the times the players that I coach, that their parents are actual coaches, are the ones that just sit back and let right. you do your thing. And they're the ones that know, like, sure, I could be doing the same exact job he's doing, but maybe I don't get across to them in that setting because I've tried it. So I'm willing to pass that on to someone else who I entrust to do it who I know I might not completely agree with how they coach. I might not agree with everything they do, but I mean, what they're doing is working because my child is focused. My child is working hard. They're not throwing a fit as opposed to where if they were working with me, maybe it's one of those things where they're good for a little bit and then something happens and it just kind of seems personal. And I think that's literally what you were getting to is it's just like, it's like that mental break. It's like you, are, you're, you're already worried about, not worried about, but you're already like listening to your teammates you're already listening to your coach and at a young age when you're trying to learn all you can about the sport and you're still trying to perform and you're still trying to try new things it's like do you really need that extra voice coming from the sideline yeah because i mean if they struggle to a lot of the times they they struggle to listen to the coach already sometimes they don't want to listen to their teammates because they think their teammates are being mean or they think their teammates don't know any better than yeah. them which i mean they might but you still have to learn to listen to them right. they don't need a third voice there on the sideline because then how are they supposed to even receive the ball? How are they supposed to dribble if there's shouting coming from – instruction coming from the coach, uh, instruction coming from the player? Oh, and now there's instruction coming from the, the parent? It's very distracting. Yeah. It's very distracting. And, of course, once you get older, you're going to have distractions. Oh, yeah. You're going to have fans – Stadium full of people. Chatting to you the whole time. Yeah. But these are – we're talking here in – like yeah. this, with this mm-hmm. part, we are talking at the yeah. foundational level mm-hmm. during their developmental phase – when they get older, they learn to tune that out. Mm-hmm. But at that age, it's so, so important that players have the freedom to play for themselves because mm-hmm. that's the only thing that matters. And it's funny you, you mentioned, you know, the, the coaches thing. It's like mm-hmm. it's so true. Yeah. A lot of times coaches, kids, or coach, players that have coaches yeah. as parents mm-hmm. – they are the ones that are at the games that are the most quiet. There's a video of Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer, the old Manchester United manager, going to watch his uh, – sit in front row, going to watch his daughter make her debut for the women's team. 
at Manchester United. And it's the guy that literally coached the men's team. The men's team. You think he's there shouting stuff at her? No. I doubt it. You just sound ridiculous. He's probably cheering for the team like they all are. He's chanting for the team. He's, like, applauding stuff. He's probably saying, stay on side. He's probably saying, make a run. Like, normal stuff that fans yell in the stadium. Right. Fan stuff. But it's like, at that level, there are no fans. There are only coaches, players, and parents. Parents, yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. And so, the parents... Try to act like fans, mm-hmm. and they mean well a lot of the times, but a lot of times it they just don't understand that it does not come off that way. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the times parents don't know they're doing it, and I feel I feel like for the for the most part I feel like they don't know that what they're doing is actually hurtful to hurtful the to the player, even though they're trying to be like helpful. Yeah, they mean well. In a sense. And obviously, it, it sucks when you're a parent. Because, I mean, I've had to do this. You've had to do it. Where you actually have to go talk to a parent and let them know. And I know a lot of times, some of them just are literally like, oh, I didn't realize it was that bad. Yeah. That's what I was going to say about my mom, for instance. Like, in high school, I mean, you've obviously doing the whole FF mirror thing with me. You know my my dad and my mom are two different people. My dad <laughs> likes to, if I'm playing right back on this side of the field, my dad likes to sit on this side of the field by himself, quiet. Just so he can watch you. Yeah, and then he'll move to the other side. The only thing my dad will ever say back in college at all the time is he would just say, stay on side or watch your line. Yeah. And a lot of times it would help me because I, I wouldn't. Right. And it would help me. But for my mom in high school, for instance, uh, funny story, she would always like, she would just be the one that would, like constantly just talk, talk, talk. Yeah. So it'd be like, like, oh, get rid of the ball. I'll oh, do this. I'll do that. But it wouldn't just be to me. It started out with me, but then ended up getting to like other players. Yeah. And so then one time, my friend uh, Kyle Shungi, so I was playing with like Preston Hunter and all them. Kyle turns over and he looks at me. He's like, Evan, tell your mom to shut up. Or I'm going to walk off this field. <laughs> <laughs> and so I literally, I'm kidding you not, I had a talk after her, after the game with her. And then she, like, apologized to Kyle. And then I think my high school coach kind of mentioned something like, hey, like, I get you're trying to help the guys out and, like, help the team. But, like, just be a little more, like, careful with kind of what you're saying. Like, we all know you mean well, but you got to remember that, like, you can also be a distraction. If they constantly hear this noise, hear this noise, hear this noise, then whenever they get the ball, they're going to expect the noise or they're going to expect to say something. Or if they make a bad pass, they're going to expect to hear that. So, I mean, it just took that conversation from me to her, the coach talking to her, my friend, her apologizing my friend. And then she was, from there, she was just all, now she's like, I mean, you've seen her now in games. She's like talkative, but it's nothing crazy. So I'm curious, what, how did that conversation go that you had to have with her? Oh, I mean, it literally, it was, I was like, mom, you gotta, you gotta stop yelling. Cause there'd be times where I'd be in the game and love you mama. I would just be there. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, I would pass the ball to like Kyle or just say a center mid for instance. Right. And they would maybe beat a person, could play the ball to me, but try and beat another one. Something that, like, any player does. They lose a ball. Okay, so what? It wouldn't be, like, over and over and over again. Yeah. And then she'd be like, oh, release the ball. You hold on to it long, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I was just like, Mom, listen, like, you yelling those things in the crowd is not helping anybody. Because I was like, at the end of the day, if a player makes a mistake, they know they made a mistake. Yeah. The coach doesn't even call out their mistake like that. The coach will literally say, hey, just release the ball a little sooner. What do parents usually say? Oh, he's a ball hog. Oh, he's trying to make it all about himself. Oh, he's a showboat. I think it comes down to parents not really knowing how to actually get what they want to say across. And so I think it's better that they they just don't try to. 
Because there's stuff parents can yell in the game, like, like, oh, keep working hard. Oh, don't give up. It's encouraging. Yeah, intensity, all that kind of stuff, you know? But if you're just over there, like, trying to talk like the coach is talking and do that stuff, it's like you're not going to be able to get it across how they do because you, one, you don't really know what you're talking about because you're only hearing it at most once a week at a game, maybe twice a week if you go to practice. Yeah. But a lot of the parents that are talking in the games don't go to practice. They don't watch the practice. Yes. Or they don't ask the coach what the philosophy is of the team, how they're supposed to play. So they're literally just echoing stuff that the coach is saying, and so it doesn't really add up. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of, I think, where I was trying to take that before is <clears throat> with players receiving criticism or coaching from their coach, mm. it's constructive. Yeah. When they get it from their parents – it becomes personal. Exactly. And so that's whenever you create this box around the player mm -hmm. where their growth is stunted in every direction. They can't move forward. They can't go up. They're stuck because yeah. they're following your every instruction like a robot. Yeah. And if right? they're stuck, they're ultimately moving backwards. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up. And, and I think that that kind of, you know, plays into – the whole situation of like them growing out of that too. Mm -hmm. It's like, yes, as coaches, we see the same mistakes that parents are seeing. Mm -hmm. We know when a player is making a mistake, we see every single one, but am I going to tell the player every single time he makes a mistake? No. Like I'm going to see the mistakes, but I'm only going to, probably touch on maybe 50% of them mm -hmm. at most. The other 50% are for the player to figure out for himself. Yeah. And so until he works through those mistakes on his own, he's never actually going to learn from them. If the other 50% are always covered by the parent, then how many decisions does the player ever have to make or problems that he has to solve or difficulties that he has to work through? Mistakes that he has to manage. Zero. So when does he learn? Never. Doesn't. He doesn't learn. And, you know, I, I've been kind of trying to, like, be touchy about the words that I use and, like, the stories that I'm telling here. Because yeah. I'm obviously still working in, in a team environment where, you know, I am managing parents, right? Mm -hmm. Fortunately, I have a great manager who takes a lot of that off of my shoulders, and she does an unbelievable job. But I'm at a level now with my boys where, you know, I'm trying to get them to understand, like, how to have those kinds of conversations. Yeah. And so, you know, there are obviously some who have let their player play on their own for quite some time. And I think there are others who are still trying to figure out how to let that go a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And 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 so, you know, it's those ones that need to learn how to have that discussion. Like, it gets to a point where, okay, like, you're not supposed to be doing that at a game. Mm -hmm. It's like you said, players know what they're doing at that level. At that level. But at a younger level, a lot of times they don't know what they're doing. So it's like, how are you helping them by, you know, telling them what to do all the time because mm -hmm. then they never learn what to do for themselves. And yeah. then they get to an older level and they still don't know what to do. Yeah. But once they do get that to that level and they know what to do, 
they still don't need your coaching because they know what they're doing, right? So either way, whether they don't know what they're doing or whether they already do know what they're doing, they don't need a parent to be a coach. Mm -hmm. They need their coach to be a coach because their coach is, like I said before, always with the idea of developing, helping, pushing the player on. If they're a good coach, obviously. you know. Now, if your kid is in a situation where they are not developing and not getting better and – and you know it's it's down to the individual coaches training techniques and yeah. things like that specifically you know that the coach is doing wrong well that's a different story maybe you need to find another situation for yeah. them i feel like you just got to eat it and leave at that point exactly but yeah. even still at that point it's not going to benefit the player yeah. if you're coaching them through the game even if you don't think the coach knows what mm-hmm. they're talking yeah. about that's so, another thing i've even talked to some parents about just whenever Obviously, more so from like a private standpoint, private coaching standpoint, where they come up and say, like, "Oh, we don't really like the coach right now. We're just gonna try and look for someone else after like the season ends." And even those parents that I've talked to, like in the games I've gone to watch, like they specifically tell me why they don't think their coach is a good coach, and I kind of like hear them out. And then a couple times I'll actually go to the games and I'll see for myself, like, "Oh yeah, this isn't a good situation for them to be in." Yeah. But even with those parents, like they're still there cheering the team on on the sideline. They're not, so like, just yelling at them. supportive parent. And at the end of the day, I mean, I kind of tell them, like, it's the same as, like, when we tell players to that if you train with us, you don't have to only train with us. Right. Everyone, everyone benefits from every single coach they have, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, you know? Yeah. Because, I mean, you'll take the good with the bad. If, you, if you're used to having, say you go to a coach for a year that does nothing but yell and get on to you and doesn't coach you at all or anything like that, it's probably going to toughen you up a little bit. You're probably going to learn how to maybe self-motivate yourself or how to go off of what your teammates are saying. And then by the time you get to the next situation, it's like, oh, well, now you this, have that coach, experience. Yeah, this coach actually means, well, he's still very vocal. Oh, but I'm used to the vocal part. That, does, that doesn't bother me Yeah, type of thing. I'm used to this. There's always something you can yeah. take from any mm-hmm. situation. And that's if you choose to. Exactly. Yeah. And And – that goes back to what I said at the very beginning of the mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah. It's just what you want to take from it. Like these are these are just our experiences. These are just the things that we observe mm-hmm. and recognize yeah. having been coaches for a little while and it's just what you want to take from it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can take what helps, you can disregard what doesn't, but hopefully it 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 does and you do find yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Cuz that's all we're trying yeah. to do. And and you know, again, it's like it's for the player. It's to help them learn how to manage their own situations and help them grow because at the end of the day, they're the star of the show. You know, mm-hmm. we're all just playing our supporting roles. Yeah. And so the player has to eventually learn how to manage each of those relationships. They're going to have coaches. They're going to have parents. They're going to have, you know, physical therapists, strength and conditioning coaches, doctors, teachers you know the list goes on and on people that they are that are going to support them on their journey developing their career and the only one that knows the whole story is the player they're the ones that know every single angle of that plot right yeah and and that leads me into the second thing that parents shouldn't do it's managing the line of communication with the coach when they get to a higher level. Yeah. 
This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. There are things that the parents should know about and should be you know, kept in touch with. And that's the logistical side of things. Mm-hmm. You know, many of them are still paying for, for their players to pay, play at this level, whatever level they're at. Um, you know, they're driving them to practice. They're driving them to games. They're taking all of the care of all the contracts, the legal stuff, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. they do all the registration. They pay for the uniforms. They, you know, they coordinate everything, Right. And that is their role as the parent. That is their job as the parent. But the parents shouldn't also be the mediator between the coach and the player because then at the end of the day, all they are is a middleman. So the way I see it, it's like I need this information to get to the player. Mm -hmm. And so with the team that I'm coaching, I've – you know, really, really made that expectation clear that my communication is with the player. Yeah. So I guess before you go on with that, just one thing, what age do you think that starts at? I mean, obviously you kind of ease it into, do you think it's like the age when they start getting cell phones? Do you think it's like high school? Do you think it's... So as we said before, like U8, U10, U12, these players, like, yes, they still need that line of communication you know, pass through their parent a lot of times. But when you start getting to that age, I think it starts to shift. And that's whenever, you know, at U14, U15, right when they're getting into high Mm -hmm. school, they really need to start having those conversations with their parents Mm -hmm. if the coaching aspect of it on the sidelines is still an issue. And, and, you know, I know you have something to say, and I just want to get this thought out, but it's like, you know, at – how do they have that conversation? You told us how, about how you had your conversation with your mom, mm-hmm. just really direct and yeah. just kind of laid it out there. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't personal at all, but yeah. a lot of times it can be taken personally. But mm-hmm. what I think the player needs to understand and what the parent needs to understand is it's not affecting the coach. It's not even a lot of times affecting the other players. They're tuning that out. Mm-hmm. If it's not their parent, they're probably tuning it out. The coaches are definitely tuning it out. I feel like it's almost like you're not even tuning it out. It's like you just don't even hear it. <laughs> it's just background noise, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And, and you know, I'm aware of it. Like, yeah, obviously. I notice yeah, it, yeah. but it doesn't affect me, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. my decision-making or anything that I'm thinking about. Like, it doesn't even phase me, but it is part of the background noise, the atmosphere. Just like yeah. if you were playing in a packed stadium, the atmosphere yeah, yeah. – It's just a different atmosphere, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you notice it for sure. But the one player, the one person it is affecting Mm -hmm. is that player. Yeah. That's the only player that's being affected by it. So if they're the only ones that are being influenced in a negative way, they're the ones that have to figure out how to how to solve that problem. Mm -hmm. And and it's on them to then go and have that discussion with their parents, but do it in a way that you know, communicates clearly what it is they're looking for from their parent. Yeah. 
And that's when I think you make the transition then to having that full player-to-coach yeah. relationship. Because I was even going to say one thing that I thought you did a really good job at helping me to get was even with like our uh, probably the last year we had LSR when we had uh, like the U13s and the U14s and U12s it was like obviously it's at that age where half of them have cell phones so half of them have the team snap half of them don't but if a player couldn't go to practice or they needed to talk to you on the phone they didn't have a phone but you'd want the player to call through the parents phone right or you'd have the player text from the parent's phone. Now, obviously, I the forgot parent, we did that. Yeah, now obviously the parent would occasionally have to say stuff like if something happened or like if they obviously messed up and had to get them there late. But more often than not, it would be like uh, one of the parents calling you or calling me, but then it would be the boy, for example, on the phone like, hey, I'm running 10 minutes late to this. Just want to let you know or hey, I'm not going to be here at this type of thing. And I thought that was a good kind of way to get that communication kind of going through yeah yeah and just starting at level one you know yeah, what i mean like simple stuff like obviously simple they don't stuff. have cell phones so they just, can't just, hit you just but. basically teaching them how to take ownership mm-hmm. of what they're doing if exactly. this is their career if they really want to play at the highest level mm-hmm. then they got to be the ones to manage those relationships so yeah. a coach relationship is different from the parent relationship mm-hmm. the coach and parent are not partners in the development of the player, they each play a different role, much mm-hmm. like a doctor plays a role, yeah. much like their physical therapist plays a role, their mm-hmm. teacher plays a role, their siblings play a role, their teammates play a role, their team managers play a role. Mm-hmm. Everyone plays a role in this player's development. It's not that those supporting actors in that player's movie are working together necessarily but it's the player managing the relationship and interconnecting that Mm -hmm. web yeah exactly and and i think that that's that's the main thing that like should be understood and taken from this Mm -hmm. is the player is in the middle of that web and we're all just Mm -hmm. around the player in trying to support them exactly so you know with that said I think that once they do get to high school age, yeah. freshmen, sophomores, mm. that relationship should be completely coach to player. Mm-hmm. The only thing the parents should really like be hearing mm-hmm. is, you know, where they need to be, what time, you know, yeah. in, in some cases, like the, the, the financial side of things, like depending on the level that they're playing at and whatnot. You know, that is their job at mm-hmm. the end of the day until they get through that, right? Mm-hmm. They basically have three more years, four more years where they have to support that. Then they go pro or they go play in college yeah. or they stop playing entirely. And then their yeah. their role in that player's development mm-hmm. has been completed, right? Yeah. And and so, you know, w- with with that in place, the 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 player can really, like I said before, take responsibility, take ownership of what they're doing. Um, I think that, you know, with a, lo- a lot of times, like parents still try to get in between. And like we said before, the only person that really knows the whole story, the whole picture 
is the player. So if, as a coach, if I'm always trying to filter communication through the parent, how much of that is getting to the player? It's like that telephone game you oh, played as yeah, kids, yeah, yeah. right? You send a message through one person. I want to go person. to the dog park, and by the time it gets to the last person, it's something like walking a shopping cart or something like that. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's completely random. It makes no sense. Yeah. So if my communication needs to get to the player, mm-hmm. I'm going to give it to the player. They're the ones that need to know. Even when, it, when we were working with U12, U13, hmm. U14, it's like, you know, you get a call from a parent, like, wondering how their kid's doing. Why isn't their kid playing this position? What's going on here and here and here and here and here? It's like you just dread those conversations because it doesn't benefit the parent. It's supposed to benefit the player. Yeah. So that's a conversation I need to be having with the player. And if I've had that conversation with the player – then as a parent, you should be talking to your player if you want that information mm-hmm. to see how much they retain from it, right? But if I'm telling you something and, expe- and, and, and you're expecting to pass that on to your player, well, they're only getting part of the message, the part that you understand. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, when they start getting to this level, they understand more. Because they're in the training environment. They're hearing it. They're, you know, a part of it. And they're the only ones that see every side of the mm-hmm. the, the coin. Yeah. I'll ask you something. Is there, just because I have a story that I'm going to tell that I don't think a lot of people know about. Is there an instance where you think uh, a parent would be able to come and talk to you that you think would be better if they talked to you about it? And if maybe the not, parent talked to me instead of yeah, the player? Yeah, instead of the player, yeah. Can you think of any instances? I mean, it's got to be like emergencies, you mm-hmm. know, like family yeah. emergencies, like mm-hmm. life things that are happening. Yeah. So, you know, for, for my parents, like I want to have relationships with them. Yeah. I want to know my parents. I want to be friends with them and, and build that bond because I'm trying to build the same bond with their player yeah. too mm-hmm. that lasts forever. But the bond that we need to have needs to be about life and soccer can't be a part of that at all. Yeah. Because then there starts to be that tension mm-hmm. and, and you know, that is, is not the kind of relationship I'm trying to have. Mm-hmm. Soccer is soccer. It stays on the field. We talk to the players about it. If you need, you know, something explained to you about soccer, I promise your player will understand. Mm-hmm. They can tell you just fine. Yeah, And if they can't tell you, well, that's because they're not having the right conversations with me. Mm-hmm. And that's because they're not maybe asking the right questions or, you know, doing the right things to understand what they should be able to tell you. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's just it right there. It's like players have to be able to have those conversations with their coaches. And if parents are always doing it for them, then they never learn to have those discussions. Yeah. So it's like always like they're, you know, they have little puppet strings on them mm-hmm. and they're being instructed and, you know, told what to do all the time. You know, I, I for me as a player, I didn't really have that kind of parental mm-hmm. support. Yeah. Like I couldn't afford to play club, so I – you know, had to negotiate a scholarship to play with the club team. 
I had to learn how to have that discussion. And at the time, I was not playing club, so it's not like I was a well-known player and could easily just, like, talk my way into a financial aid. I'd actually, like, work for that, you know? Sometimes I'd have to coordinate my own rides to practice. Like, I didn't have someone, you know, supporting from the sidelines and things like that all the time. So it's like, in that moment, of course, I felt like I could have had more But looking back on it, I'm like, well, that's exactly the reason why I got as far as I did, Mm -hmm. why I'm still able to keep this game a part of my life and still be a part of it at an extremely high level. It's because of that. It's because I had to figure it out for myself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, I took ownership of it. Mm -hmm. I, I owned what I was trying to accomplish, and I got really far. Mm -hmm for the situation that I was placed in. Yeah. So I'm proud of that, you know? Like, that's something to be proud of. And, like, I think that a lot of players don't really take full ownership of what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. It's like they're just there to be there, and they don't really understand how far it can really take them because they only see what's in front of them. Yeah. And parents, I think, can really help their players – to start to see that bigger picture by forcing them to take ownership of it early on. Mm -hmm. The earlier, the better, because then you figure out whether you really love it or not, Mm -hmm. whether you're really passionate about it, whether it's something that you actually want to pursue for your life. You Mm -hmm. know, like, are you going to put your life into this? And, and until they figure that out, like they're never really going to be maximizing their potential as a player. So for me, it's interesting why, uh, so I obviously walked on at WT, and I was probably like the last cut my freshman year. And so kind of right whenever those cuts came around, my dad had came down uh, to Canyon, and he was just there to like watch one of the spring games. And I think it was like probably the games right before the actual season started. And so I knew that he wanted to talk to Butch, but I didn't know if he was gonna or not. And so he ended up talking to Butch. <laughs> and so it was kind of right after I got cut – Cause my dad knew that like I loved the sport, and that I wanted to stay at WT and like actually kind of like dig my way out, like actually kind of earn myself a spot on the team and like earn myself to get scholarship, and earn myself to kind of eventually where I got to. And so my dad wanted to have a meeting with them, and at first I remember when he told me about it, I was kind of like, ah, nah, don't do that, like don't do that. I think he was gonna regardless. Yeah, kind of what I was saying. I think uh, I'm not gonna name names. One of the coaches at the time I don't like. He didn't think very well of it, but give two shits what he thinks, honestly. <laughs> but uh, uh, so he ended up meeting with um, with Butch, and they did were he just, just catch there. him on the field, or how? Did no, I mean, I think he literally just kind of hit Butch up, and he was like, "Hey, like, would like a second of your time? Like, I'm not, don't like think I'm here trying to beg for Evan to get on the team or anything. Like, I'm he's too old for that. I know how this works. I just want to like talk to you, like." kind of like man-to-man, I think Butch liked that, I guess, and so he kind of went in there. And I think he was just trying to get an idea of if this is something that I should actually ride out, like if he did have any plans for me at all yeah. in the future. And, I mean, Butch was straight up, and he's like, yeah, I mean, we have plans for him in the spring. Like, we think he's going to be a good player for us in the next coming years and for the program, and that's probably the only reason I actually stayed at the school. I definitely would have left in the spring, I think, if my dad didn't talk to him. And so that's the weird thing to me is, like, 
my dad was never my mom and dad were never the type to just go like openly talk to the coaches like they'd go to the practice every once in a while unless i rode with like one of my friends who was on the girls team for texans like they would never really go to practices they would never kind of talk to the coaches if i weren't playing a lot they'd just they'd be like hey just like work harder do this do that and so that's why i thought it was really funny that like that was the only time my dad ever did it and so i don't know if it was him just like knowing it was probably just the fact that i was like six hours away yeah just making sure i made the right decision but i mean that's like the only time my dad ever did it well and it's interesting you and brought that's that kind of why because... i asked you about like can you think of a situation where a parent would do that and that's why i think my dad did it because he was like hey like just man to man like if you don't have any plans for my son here like just like like let him know yeah a lot of coaches tend to beat not the, a lot of coaches they do beat around tend the bush. to beat around the they bush. They sugarcoat things. They sugarcoat things. Yeah. My dad was like, hey, like, you know, he's he's willing to commit here for four years. I want him to be prepared for this, be prepared for that. But also, like, if you don't have any plans at all, like, you need to you need to let me know. Yeah. You need to let him know. And that's fair. Like, yeah. that's, that's, that's an honest way to approach mm-hmm. that whole situation. Yeah. Like, if a parent approached me about something like that. Like, mm-hmm. first of all, we would never be in that position anyways. Cause I'm yeah, never yeah. going to sugarcoat things. Mm-hmm. Like that's something I really, really try not to do. Yeah. Like I try to be as honest as I possibly can without like, you know, being brutally honest. There's a yeah. difference. Of course, mm-hmm. honesty is the best policy is the way I see it. Yeah, for sure. So it's like, I'm never going to really be in that situation to where they would have to question, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. me like that mm-hmm. because I'm always going to tell them what I think of them, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. going to tell them what to expect from the beginning yeah, so that it's clear. And if the expectations are exceeded, then that's just a bonus, but I'll never promise somebody more than, oh, yeah, than sure. what I think for sure, or I'll really make any promises at yeah. all. But that is a good way mm-hmm. to approach it. Like yeah. that isn't, and and it, and again, like it's kind of about soccer, mm-hmm. but it goes back to what I said before. If a parent wants to approach me about life, mm-hmm. that's life. That's yeah, not exactly. that's not about exactly. soccer. At the end of the mm-hmm. day, that's just about you making a good life decision. Oh yeah. He wanted to make sure you weren't putting yourself in a in a situation where you were going to be unhappy, where mm-hmm. you were, you know going to be far away from home where it was going to be difficult for you to, I mean, not that far away from home. You could have been much further, of course, oh, for but sure, yeah. like, you know, just where it was difficult to get home if you needed to, mm-hmm. where, you know, maybe your grades would have, your academics would have suffered yeah, because yeah. you were mm-hmm. unhappy, things like that. Like he wanted to set you up for your future mm-hmm. because he's not thinking of it as even, He's not even thinking of his minutes. Or he's not thinking or anything, of yeah. soccer at no, all when at he's all. asking yeah, those yeah, yeah. types of questions. Mm-hmm. And and so that's that's those are the types of discussions that I can get behind for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and and so yeah, I think like, you know, just going back, those two things like as parents, you know, there are a bunch of different ways that you can look at these things, but in general, Leave the coaching to the coaches and let the player manage their own career. Yeah. Would you add anything to that? No, I think you hit it right there. But one thing that you should do as a parent 
especially once you've gotten those two things down, is just support the hell out of them. Oh man, just be there, just love them. Look just at like my parents, man. <laughs> I mean, those are the Bozemans to a T. Yeah, but that's it. It's like yeah. that's what you are there to do. Like you should be once they once you have put those building blocks in place. The last piece is that it's mm-hmm. the love. And it's like, you did your job. You prepared them to be successful. Like, you you put them in a position to take complete ownership of their own career and ultimately their own life. And if you are able to accomplish that, then you are a successful parent. Mm -hmm. And that's what this is all about. Like, you know, how can we be the best that we can be at the end of the day? I mean, when we... Like there's times when we, you and I coached, you probably do it now, where start out the first five, ten minutes of the game, just don't say a word, just kind of see how your team's doing, mm-hmm. trying to see it. I mean, I'd encourage every parent just to, you know, just watch. not just be dead silent the whole time. But I mean, just like kind of sit back and just actually watch and kind of take note of the things you say. And also, if you are quiet, you can hear what a lot of the other parents are saying. And I guarantee you. You're not going to like a lot of what they say, even if it's not bad. And you're probably going to, in your head, realize, oh, that might be me. That could be something. Awareness. Yeah. Awareness. First step is awareness. Man, back to the supporting thing. It's so nice, like, watching the players we coach, especially with your team, killing it right now. It's so nice just sitting back and watching them perform. Imagine when that's Sean Jr. out there, just Megan two bozos, putting them in the top corner. (laughs) You know that's happening. Bozos, Bozos just left to the floor. I can't wait to watch right. Lil Evan get his first red card. Man, oh. <laughs> shed a tear. It's happening. <laughs> yes. It's happening. Way too early, probably. Over under on that. Oh man, four years old, five yeah. years old. Yeah, that little, I feel like at that age, it just comes down to clumsiness. You know? Do they even give red cards at that age? I mean, you'd probably have to just swing on someone on accident. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you imagine that? <laughs> nah, but we shouldn't yeah. talk about little kids swinging at each other. On we shouldn't. We shouldn't. But no, nah, I mean, I think that uh, yeah. Just, you know, kind of sit back and then just kind of watch watch what your kid's been doing. I mean, you don't sit in class with your kid and then sit with them when they take a test. You can't sit with them and take the SATs. You can't give them all the answers. Don't sit with them when they're playing in the final of the tournament. Start shouting <laughs> at them. That's it. I mean, it's school at the end of the day. Yeah. School it's your favorite thing to say. Is practice is, practice is what? The homework? Practice, practice is the, the class the time. Test, practice is the class time, the homework, you know, watching film, homework, mm-hmm. individual training, homework. Yeah. And the game, that's a test. test. You can't Let be cheating them, on the test. You can't be cheating on the test. This games ain't open book. <laughs> and a lot of times kids are giving the wrong answers to other kids anyways. <laughs> so it's like, why are you going to listen to somebody else? Just yeah. let them listen to themselves. That's all. Yeah. I do want to ask you one thing. You don't have to answer this, though. It's the funniest thing you've heard a parent yell on the sideline. <laughs> or like already, not, 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 no, take you that already back. know what no, I'm I know, say. I know, not the funniest thing, but I right, do this. What's like the <laughs> the wildest thing you heard a parent say on the sideline? It doesn't have to be from like like your team parent saying it, but like just oh, another team. Like <laughs> you're taking my mind in a different direction now. Can I say the funniest thing? <laughs> yeah. All right, so. My uh, U12s back in the day. I guess they weren't U12s at the time. Whatever age they were. You know, we're teaching them how to keep possession, right? We lose the ball, and I just hear a parent from our sideline just go, 
Converge! <laughs> oh, baby. Baby. <laughs> I love it. And, like, the thing with that as well is it's, like, <laughs> that ain't even something bad to yell out. Like, I'm not <laughs> mad at that. <laughs> it kind of makes sense if you think about I it. I ain't mad at that. Just not a word I've used to describe <laughs> no, 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 that. No, no, no. This, to describe that defensive oh, action man. before. My f- <laughs> I think my favorite is uh, I used to play with this kid, Kevin, in high school. And he said, like, the funniest thing was on his Aces team, there'd be a parent. The, the kid's name, I think his name was, like, Nime or something like that. And he would just, like, his mom would always be like, shoot the ball, Nime, shoot it. Just from wherever. Don't wherever. Pull it. Wherever, dude. Pull it. Wherever. He could win the ball in his own box. <laughs> shoot it. Shoot it. <laughs> like, in the goal. Shoot it right now. This kid, this kid can't even kick half field on a good day. What are you talking about? Shoot the ball, man. Shoot it right now. Okay, so what's the craziest thing you ever heard? Oh, man, the craziest thing. I don't even know how I would define crazy, though. I've heard some pretty crazy things said. I mean, a parent used a racial slur at me when I was playing. That's a story for another day. That's probably the craziest thing I've ever heard on field, man. That blows my mind, man. Yeah. That blows my mind. It's not even uncommon either, no, no. which is like... And just, that's the time when another parent on another team stood up for me because my parents were out of town. That's so yeah. unacceptable. That one was tough. Man, craziest thing. I mean, you obviously hear like some parents talking about like like fouling them or kicking them or like stomping them, like just yeah. bad tackles. It's all just kinds like, of ridiculous things being like, said. Man, it's not, it's not good at this age. Like, you can't... What are we teaching these kids? Hold on, nothing, man. I mean, they're already learning some bad stuff from watching soccer nowadays on TV. It's true. Was that whole, uh, what was it, after the World Cup when we were coaching our boys and they were just rolling around the floor playing Neymar, Diving. man? And I was like, I was like, come on, man. This, of all the things Literally that Neymar... Literally every single session. Every we're... session. They get fouled, roll four or five. I'm like, <laughs> hey, how about you look at Neymar when he skids past three players? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's something you could look at. Yeah. Why can't you do that? <laughs> yeah, but you can do this on the floor. But you can't skid past these guys. Come on, get out of here. Come on now. <sighs> but yeah. Just support them. Just love them. Yeah, That's man. all we ask. Yeah. Anything support else? Them. Support them. Let the coach do the coaching. I mean, you have a car ride home and a car ride back. That's a whole other discussion we can have, but just do with it what you will, you know? You know, and, and then when you're on the We side, haven't even talked about that. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. I've heard a lot of people just say that you shouldn't even talk to your kids at all about yeah. soccer mm-hmm. in the car ride on the way home. Yeah. You know, that's not really something I can speak from experience because I didn't really get that as a player and obviously I'm not in the car on the way home mm-hmm. with the players. Yeah. So I, I couldn't really speak on that, but it doesn't seem like a productive thing to yeah. do either. I would say the main thing for a parent on the sideline, instead of coaching, just stay positive. If you see someone on it doesn't even have to be your kid. If you see someone tracking back or putting in a tackle, cheer for him. If someone takes a shot and it's off target, good try, good shot. Someone scores a goal, cheer as loud as you can. Someone misses the shot, oh, get the next one, you'll get the next one. Yeah. Because, I mean, I can, think of, I can think of back when I was playing at that level. Like, a lot of the times when you, when you track back and you make a big tackle or you complete a pass or it's a good effort on goal, hearing not only your coach, your, your parents confidence. say it. Yeah, your parents and the players saying it, you know, it boosts your confidence. Yeah. You don't need to hear someone on the sideline, why are you kicking it like that? No, man, they, just say nice try, next one. I'm glad you, you said Cheer that on. because that is the main thing here. It's like, And that's how you be what, vocal from a sideline as a parent. Yeah, it's yeah. like how can you make the most positive impact in your role as a parent? Mm-hmm. No. You can literally change the energy of a game with – 
the way that you communicate yeah. from your sideline. Like all the things that you just said, every time you make a good play and you get cheered for it, mm-hmm. it boosts your confidence. Yeah, you it lifts you again. up. It yeah. makes you want to do another good thing mm-hmm. and another good thing and another yeah. good thing. Yeah, you'll make some mistakes along the way, but eventually you'll be making more positive actions than negative actions. Yeah. So as a parent, you can influence the game on a much, much deeper level than you realize by just staying positive and just being a cheerleader, cheering, mm-hmm. cheering. Not even like you're, – you're not a fan at the end of the day. Like mm-hmm. that's not your job. It's You're not a fan. A fan sits in a stadium with 50,000 people cheering, yeah. chanting, you know, talking to the refs, talking to mm-hmm. the opposing team, like yeah. trying to create a ruckus environment for mm-hmm. their their club. Mm-hmm. You're not a fan. You're a parent, you're a cheerleader, you're a supporter. And if you approach your role with that kind of mindset, mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to lift your player to a whole, whole new level. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a given. It's a given mm-hmm. because they, they have the backing they need to go and achieve something great. Mm-hmm. And no one ever achieved anything great without a little bit of backing, a little bit of support. Exactly. I'll leave it on a joke, but it's not really a joke. The only time you can coach your kid on the sideline, or any kid, is if they're offsides like five times in a row, and you just want to shout, stay onside. That's the only time I'll allow it if I'm coaching on the sideline. Hopefully, if they're getting offsides five times in a row, they actually understand what offsides is. And if they don't, yelling at them that they're offsides is also not going to help. That's something I'll do as a parent. My dad still does it to this day. Hey, sir, you're off sides. Evan, watch your line. Evan, watch your line. <laughs> There's even a couple times I look. Siri, uh, we're not talking to you. There's even a couple times in the game I look up. I'm like, dude, I'm on side, Dad. <laughs> I'm like 26. <laughs> Golly. Oh, well. Well. There you go. There we go. Just under an hour, I think. Not too bad. Not bad at all. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that episode. Not mean to hurt anybody's feelings. And if I shared any stories that um, sounded personal, I promise they weren't. Was not my intention. Just sharing experiences. This is something any parent can relate to. Yeah, 100%. No one's perfect. No coach is perfect. Listen, I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning how to eventually be a parent because I'm not a parent. I guarantee the first time I'm going to watch the game as a parent, it's going to be hard for me to shut up. I will, but it's going to be hard. (laughs) Yeah, I will for sure, but it will be difficult. So I understand why it is difficult Mm -hmm. for a lot of people, and I get that. We mean well. We want to help, but we got to help the players help themselves at the end of the day. So we'll leave it on that. Footy Pod 30. Sponsored by Soccer Innovations. Mm-hmm. Prior to Mila's 10th birthday, mm-hmm. parenting with confidence. Give us a like. What is it? Like, follow. Like, subscribe, subscribe. share. All that stuff. Go Just books. do all that stuff. Do it all. There you go. I'm Sean Afkamenia. I'm Evan Bozeman. Stay on side. Stay on side. <laughs>